If you want respect, you've got to earn it. And clearly, NC State is still looking for that respect as they fell to Miami. But we're going to talk to Locked On Wolfpack host Kenton Gibbs as he shares some inside looks as to what happened to the team this past weekend. And we've got other Week 8 games to uncover. It's a lot to go on in this show. It's never a dull moment. Here we go. ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We hope everybody had a great weekend as we are here locked on ACC podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen as you get ready throughout the week. We got you covered here for some week eight recap. Kenton Gibbs from Locked On Wolfpack is in the building. Kenton, I hope you had a great weekend. Don't don't talk to me about this weekend. Don't <laughs> let's just go on and get this show over with so we can move on to more relevant topics. Everything that could have gone wrong this weekend for me did, except the Lions lost. So we moved up a spot in the Kayvon Thibodeau lottery. But everything else that could have gone wrong, it did. Well, you mentioned about NC State and Miami. We'll kick things off there. A disappointing loss for the Wolfpack as they face a decent Miami team. I wouldn't say really good Miami team, but all week Dave Dorn had been talking about the lack of respect that his team had not been, or the lack of respect his team had received in national media talks, where there's even being conversations about, about being conference champions. And it's frustrating, right, for him and his squad. But they wanted to use that and propel it for greatness as they headed to Coral Gables for the weekend. And yet they came up short just one point, losing 31-30 to as you had some pretty disappointing drives by that offense and the defense really beaten up but just couldn't ultimately get it done. What were your thoughts? Let's start with the offense in terms of the game. First of all, go listen to Locked On Wolfpack immediately after you listen to this because there's a phrase called lack of institutional control that is often used whenever bad things are happening in the program that gives the head coach culpability, whether they know about it or not, whether they participated or not, whether there's evidence that that they participated or not. For this one, I'm going to say that there was lack of institutional execution. And before I get started on what that means, all North Carolina coaches need to shut up about the media. All of you, all of you don't say nothing else about the media. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing about respect. Don't say nothing about they ranked us too high. Don't say nothing about they ranked us too low. You are where you are. Go play and win ball games. But now, talking about the game, talking about the game and the offense, Tim Beck, what is your obsession with trick plays? What is your obsession? It is flatly awful to see week in and week out. We have had trick play after trick play fail so far this season. Let me recall all of the trick plays I can vividly remember. The jump pass at Mississippi State that was intercepted in the end zone. The double reverse pass against Clemson uh, that was almost intercepted. The uh, the reverse this game to Thayer Thomas that we used after a 45-yard pass to Anthony Smith that then haunts all of State's momentum. We did not gain a single yard. Actually, let's take it a step further. We lost 10 yards on that drive after that. That's all the yardage we gained that we had. I mean, there was, but there was one trick play that did go over well. There was the fake punt that ended up being. That's a punt trick play. That's a punt trick play. I listen, I am never going to lie to you 
and and not give credit where credit is due. The special teams coach, you did that. You you understood what had to be done on that trick play because it was a special teams trick play. We are not playing against their lined up assigned starters on defense. Offensively, Tim Beck, erase the word trick from your mind. Don't say trick, trick. Don't say trick, daddy. Don't say trick play. Don't say trick or treat. I know Halloween is coming up. Come up with something else, okay? The same way the churches have a, a holy night or or um, uh, try things and treat. Do that because you. We need to ban the word trick in Raleigh. But it was it was all tricks for you know NC State. But clearly there was a lot of treats for Tyler Van Dyke, who had talked a big game going into the week. He talked about how he put up this is the same team we put up 44 against, despite the fact that he didn't play. Even NC State responding like, yeah, he wasn't a part of that big win. And yet he delivered in a big way on Saturday night. I think it was the time for NC State to step up big time, and they just couldn't get it done. And all the reasons they said they need respect, they couldn't deliver on Saturday. Again, the defense wore down. The defense is experiencing um, the the defense is experiencing injuries at a level that is kind of outlandish, right? But at this point in the season, everybody's banged up. Miami played us without the guy that you know. I, we'll, we'll talk about Clemson in a few, but Clemson said that their backup quarterback is like a bigger Russell Wilson. Yeah, no, we're already seeing a guy that's very similar to Russell Wilson in the ACC, and his name is De'Ara King. He's out, right? So injuries are affecting everybody, but at some point in time, we still have to make the plays that we are, or that team still has to make the plays they're supposed to make on all levels. The secondary has nobody hurt but safety Cyrus Fagan. How do the corners from NC State still not understand, oh, no, I'm in phase in the back of the end zone. There's nowhere else for the receiver to go. It's fine for me to turn my head around. I did not realize that. And then an even bigger concept for Tony Gibson. You do realize that double teaming a receiver is okay. It's fine. Sometimes a team has a receiver that you can't do nothing with. And Charleston Rambo was that guy. Charleston Rambo dominated. He was like 7-11. The boy was always open on Saturday night. And Tyler Van Dyke found him. More power to him. But at the end of the day, NC State says they want respect. How bad do you want it? Because everybody can talk, right? After the game, Devin Carter tweets about how he uses hate for his fuel. Well, I hope that you see everybody in the world as a hater. I hope you think you got 7 billion haters because we need all the fuel that you can get. We need you to do the simple thing, son. Catch the ball underneath. And it wasn't just on him because Devin Carter, I'm sorry, Devin Leary missed some some wide open throws underneath. And then, again, going back to Beck, why are you throwing shorter sticks on fourth down? But, again, hats off to Miami. They did their job. They came in and got the win, period. At the end of the day, somebody got to walk away with a W. Somebody got to walk away with an L. Miami did enough to walk away with that W. And it's, yes. it's disappointing for a state team that says they want respect. Charleston Rambo was nine receptions, 127 yards with those two touchdowns that you mentioned. Jalen Knight also had a great game with 21 carries and 83 yards. And I think, you know, overall, 325 yards in the day for Tyler Van Dyke, a guy who clearly uses De'Eric King as some sort of mentor and trying to help 
him be his own man when it comes to field play, talking tough and backing it up. That's just the way you have to do it, right? I seriously respect a guy who can talk cash money and then be able to bank it in every single time he was out there on the field. It wasn't perfect. And, you know, plenty of people thought he was going to come undone, but that was arguably the first fully complete game that I've I've seen out of Miami this season. Let's also talk about Jalen Knighton in the passing game. Fourth down, the NC State is running a blitz in order to counteract what they believe is going to be an obvious run. The running back is Jalen Knighton. That young man doesn't weigh 185 soaking wet with cement shoes on. They are not going to pound it up the middle. That's not – it's just not where they're going to go with that. But we play it as if they are anyway. And somehow our safety, who is responsible for Jalen Knighton, looks directly at Jalen Knighton and gets frozen. He doesn't blitz. He doesn't come towards the quarterback. He instead stops his feet, watches Jalen Knighton run by him, and then tries to catch up. That's what I mean by lack of institutional execution. And at the end of the day, the Wolfpack program has been talking ad nauseum about, oh, seven games is the goal here. Eight games isn't the goal here. Are you showing that with your craft is the question. And then on the Miami side, everybody said that Manny Diaz was out. Everybody said that this was going to be the week that was going to be the burial for Manny Diaz. And what did I say all week on Locked on Wolfpack? A wounded animal leaps the highest, bites the hardest, fights the hardest. This is this team was a wounded animal. They came out clawing, scratching, and fighting, and we weren't prepared to put them down. 100% agree on that one. We got to switch gears and talk about Clemson and Pittsburgh here because it was a great day to get a cold one, according to Kenny Pickett. He was feeling himself after a great win against the Tigers. But first, I want to remind you guys about the daily college fantasy made easy with prize picks, the leader in college sports fantasy, daily fantasy. It offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. I just want you to know that if you want to have a Devin Leary uh, suggestion or you want Devin Carter in the mix, you could throw in some Isaiah Moore, maybe even have some Tyler Van Dyke. All these different mixed sport entries are available to you and mixed team entries as well. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Yes, it is that easy. Prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. All of the users that deposit, use your promo code locked on. Get a hundred percent instant deposit up to a hundred dollars. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Speaking with Kenton Gibbs from Locked On Wolfpack, you can find him at TGIF underscore Kenton, and you can follow Candace Cooper at Candace D. Cooper and the rest of my crew at the Locked On ACC podcast. We're also on Twitter at Locked On ACC. We are switching gears, going to the Clemson-Pittsburgh game. We have Kenny Pickett, who had this one circled on the calendar, trying to beat those Tigers after a disappointing last year, wanting to come back and arguably, you know, may have been a good factor of why he stayed instead of taking his ta- trying his talents at the league and he's have having a phenomenal year but Kenny has shown I know there's been a lot of argument conversation that if he's not a first rounder he's definitely in getting drafted conversation throwing for three uh 25 for 39 302 yards averaging seven and a half um per throw I think that he personally is a second rounder. 
I think that he is going to make a, he's going to be better off being under a team where he can learn from rather than trying to lead a team, you know, who is not exactly having the best year. It would be hard for him to go to the Lions and make something shake, in my opinion. It would be hard for him to go to a Giants team, you know, or Jaguars team. Not that they need a quarterback by any means, but, you know, it's one of those teams that can't seem to get it going. If you look at kind of Trevor Lawrence's trajectory, trying to make sugar out of ish, it's not easy. I don't know if Kenny Pickett can necessarily do that, but, you know, come learn behind a decent squad, one that's growing and learning, and certainly get your ways about you and your wits about you. Maybe he'll end up being a good one. But I would love your thoughts on Kenny's play this past weekend against Clemson, solidifying that win there for the Panthers. You know, I think that we moved into a very interesting space in today's world. And no, I'm not about to talk about cancel culture here. What I am going to talk about is the fact that uh, there seems to be this very interesting thing where if everything you say is not the glowing five-star review, it's you said that they're the worst thing in the world. And the way that people jumped down my throat for saying Kenny Pickett in the first round of last week, you would think that I said that he was a horrible human being and I'm going to slap him and his mama to sleep when I see him. It's not what I said. That's not – I said he's a very good quarterback. I just don't see him as a first-rounder. But I think uh, people also look at it as if you don't put someone at the elite at the top level, that means you think less than. Like it's immediately less than if you don't give them the five-star, if you don't give them the t- 10 out of 10 treatment, if you don't give five stars on Yelp. Like that's how we view, you know, giving people their credence. Like we give them all of their grace by being the best. So if you don't give that, then it's like, oh, you think there's something that they have to work on. And heaven forbid people have to improve. Exactly, exactly. And and at the end of the day, I'm agreeing that he's second round, a second round guy or, or in that area. But the, the thing that confuses me most here about this Clemson and uh, Pitt game is the fact that Clemson's defense is they're, they're battered, they're bruised, they're beat down. And yet Kenny Pickett wins this game without his starting without his uh leading receiver for a large chunk of it without their leading rusher for a large chunk of it he put on a, a, a very good show he played very well there is there's nothing you can say negative about Pitt coming out of this game and well I, I guess you could say that this was a game where Clemson shot themselves in the foot offensively to an extent that allowed Pitt to uh win it because there were DJ is not super accurate, but also his receivers have horrible hands. <laughs> I mean, their their receivers, their hands are so bad. I'm like, Hollywood Brown would be looking at y'all proud. He would be looking at y'all like a proud papa. You drop those balls. You embarrass your quarterback. That's what you do. That's what you do. And so, uh, again, Pitt played well. They made plays when they had to, and they did enough to get the win, and that's that's all that matters here. Um there's again this 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 Clemson defense has seen offenses come on the field again and again and again and again without them getting a score because their offense is so inept. So kudos to them for just fighting and sticking in it. Um, but whoever thought we see the day where we give Clemson kudos for like battling battling the whole game even though they lost in the regular season. Uh, so yeah. This is this is at the end of the day a, a situation where this season is becoming a war of attrition and Clemson's losing it. They they have too much turnover, too many guys hurt, too many guys entering the transfer portal, and um, again, pick capitalized. They did what they were supposed to do, which is what I would like from um, some other. 
teams um, who were red and white in this conference. But, yeah, you know, Clemson, I meant uh, Pitt did what they were supposed to do. Well, let's talk about DJ for a second. Two interceptions on the day. Ended up getting benched. You saw Tyson. I cannot pronounce that last name. I'm really going to try. I think it's Fomanet. Fom- mm, I have it here in my notes. Foma Chance. Mm, yeah, maybe. No. Okay. I'm, I'm going to just say DJ U and Tyson P. Just save us Tyson all. Tyson P. There we go. Just, Tyson P. I'm going to just P. save us all some time here. He didn't do much better, but, you know, talking about DJ, the fact that he even got benched, let's have that conversation, but even more so the future of DJ at Clemson. I think it's kind of shaky personally. And if I'm going to throw things out there, there's a school in California where he's originally from that could be looking for, you know, a strong quarterback that could run in a better system, depending on the coach that he could find himself in transfer porter and want to thrive a little closer to home. I'm not saying, but I'm saying. I think it's just really, to me, interesting that I never thought I would see the day when a Clemson quarterback would be benched in this way, when he was supposed to be not the second coming of Trevor, but be just as good, right? Or at least halfway help help, help them to maintain the excellence that they're used to seeing at this point. But it's evident, and I am done saying, that DJ is going to have a breakout game. I have said it for eight weeks. I am no, that's two freaking months. I'm no longer saying that DJ is about to have a breakout game. I'm done with it. Again, when somebody shows you who they are against Georgia, that's different. Georgia has at least, at least eight guys that are probably going to be first rounders. They have eight that are legitimate threats to be like, oh, yeah, in the next two to three years, they're going to be, you're going to be one of the first 32 names called. Um, That's a, a tall task for anyone. Yeah. But then after that, Georgia Tech, I beg your pardon. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, you know, at some point in time, you just got to accept people for, for who they are. And at this point in the season, we realize who DJ is. And the thing is, Clemson said that they're evaluating everything, including the starting quarterback. I mean, you should have been done that. Like, there's the, the, the fact of the matter is a lot of people uh, just beat on the table for how, how bad uh, Clemson's play calling has been. I don't think folks understand how many drops that team is suffering from and the effect of a drop in a lot of these situations. The Will Shipley drop would have been a touchdown that put Clemson up 14-7 when Pitt's offense was struggling. Yep. That I think you mo- – sorry, go ahead. Moments like that are what I like to call defining moments. There are moments in the game where on this play rest the hopes and dreams of the game, just like Devin Carter's drops against Miami. He didn't just drop balls on first and 10 where it's like, you know what? It's okay. We got plenty of time. They were third down drops. One of them was on off NC State's last offensive drive of the game that then put us in a fourth and eight where we throw it short of the sticks and get stopped. Well, if Devin makes that catch, he easily runs for the first. There's no fourth, but – We pivoted the wrong way on a defining moment. So Clemson did the same thing to an extent on multiple occasions. Can't do it. Can't piss down your leg like that. I would love for you to let this game go. It's okay. (laughs) It's it's quite all right. I think NC State just, you know, it is is what it is. I can live with a team beating you. I can live with that. So, for example, if I'm looking at, um, if I'm looking at Louisville, Boston College, Okay. We're going to talk about that. Don't do it yet. Oh, well, I'm I'm just saying Louisville beat Boston College. Boston College didn't beat themselves. We'll, we'll get there and talk about how that happened in a second. But the fact of the matter is 
when you lose a game where you where you beat yourself, that to me is a bigger embarrassment than getting blown out by a team that's just flatly better than you. Well, when you talk about some notes here, I was taking looking at some notes here for Clemson game to get back to that. The third down efficiency, four for eleven, and like that's just the kind of things that you wish you had back. But those they didn't even have that many penalties in comparison to Pitt. Like Pitt definitely gave Clemson opportunities to be back in the game, but Clemson does not have the horses in the stable to capitalize on mistakes. And that's the problem. Skalski is doing everything he can on defense. Brett Venables is doing everything he can to get those guys ready. But when you are having to go out there time and time again because your offense can't uh, stay on the field three and outs, it takes its toll on any man, especially in week eight. I need to I need to have some conversations about Brent Venables. I need to have some conversations about Brent okay, Venables. Okay, go for it. Uh, Brent Venables is not who everybody thinks he is in terms of calling defenses. He's not mm-hmm. who everybody thinks he is. And let me tell you why he is not who everybody thinks he is. If you're this defensive mastermind, how do you have Mario Addison covered by a safety multiple times? Mario multiple Addison? Times. Is is that not the young man from Pitt's name? Is it not Mario? It's Addison, but it's not Mario. No, oh, I'm Mario. sorry. <laughs> How do you have Addison covered by a safety multiple times? Mm-hmm. If you're a defensive genius, why do you have a freshman linebacker covering a senior slot wide receiver? Now, I again... Y'all will not hear me say that Kenny Pickett played poorly this game because he didn't. He didn't. It's Jordan but, Addison. Sorry. Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison. How, why is Jordan Addison covered by uh, by a, a a safety? Why? Why is a, a, line, a freshman linebacker covering a slot receiver? Kenny Pickett played well, but guess what? Doing things like that defensively helps him play well. I understand that your defense is beat up. You that beat up? Does you don't have no corners left? You don't have probably, a, a lick probably, of probably. The, all of their injuries have been up front for the most part. They've had defensive tackles go down. They got two of those that went down. They got some linebackers that went down. They got a lot of things that have gone wrong for this team. I don't remember hearing. Oh, Booth is hurt. Booth is out. If Booth is supposed to be one of the best corners in the country, I'm telling him, hey, um, you see that number three guy over there? He's their guy. Go follow him. Whatever blitz we call, wherever we send folks from, the guy that's covering him, you're that. You're that. Uh, all right. Well, I definitely want to get into that Louisville-Boston College conversation, but it seems as if there are just things that we cannot get right here in Clemson and Pitt. I, w- I want to have one more conversation about it. So let's have one more conversation, okay? Uh, you guys, listen, if you have not yet tried Bill Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky, waxy, or just plain hard to eat. A Bill Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience and one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Bill Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, and they are high in protein, so all the healthy benefits on top of being just purely delicious. So many flavors at that. Nine, and if you want to get a mix box, feel free to throw that in. This month, Bill is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days, so check their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Rounding out the show here, wanted to touch on Clemson and Pitt. One more good time. Kenny Pickett had a great game. 
Pittsburgh statement game for them to me. I think this is the one that solidifies we're a different team. We're trying to build a different culture. We're trying to get, you know, we're feeling all the energy from Heinz Field. Do you, would you say that Pitt is damn near a shoe-in for the Coastal after this win? Yeah, I think they were shoe-in before this win. I think hmm. the Coastal I think the Coastal is as bad as it's been in some time. Um, and I think Pitt is as good as they've been in some time. And sometimes it's not about being a, a great team necessarily. It's just about being good when everybody else is bad. And sometimes you do get truly great teams that come out and dominate, 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 and have no holes, have no problems and all that. Um, but this is just a situation where, yeah, Pitt is, Pitt is head and shoulders above everybody else in the, in, in the uh, Atlantic right now. I'm sorry, in the coastal, coastal. right now. Mm-hmm. And – it's it's not close. It's not close. You got a bunch of teams that can't tackle a soul over there. You got uh, some teams that can't figure out how to get it going and keep it going offensively. Long story short, yeah, Pitt, Pitt is your, in the driver's seat, and uh, there's not even a, a team that I think is passenger seat pimping over there. Well, let's jump to an Atlantic team that I want to talk about, Boston College, who have arguably had a extreme downside to their season after Phil Dracovic goes out. They're trying to recover. We think Dennis Grossell is the man, but it clearly is just not enough as they take another loss now at four and three, 28 to 14 to Louisville, Malik Cunningham, Travion Cooley, Jalen Mitchell, and you name them, they were all over that Boston College defense. I mean, listen, Malik Cunningham going 107 yards on the day with his arm, 133 yards rushing, Travion Cooley 112 yards rushing. It just got ran over. But more importantly, Dennis Grossell proved himself not being the man from an offensive standpoint, only having 141 yards on the day. Zay Flowers with only one carry and one reception that can't ever go down well, especially if you are supposed to be the man for the team. There's a lot going on there, but your best players are not helping you offensively. It's going to make for a long day. And again, it sucks because Boston College had all this potential to be great. And now they're just trying to basically finish the season. To me, they're trying to finish the season unscathed. You know, I I like Jeff Halfley. I I really was big on um, you know, the the energy and the personality and all that. But again, just like I said about NC State, at some point in time, the rubber meets the road. You got to go perform. And it's unfortunate to have to go at it in an offense that was designed around one player to then, or not even designed around one player, but designed around the ability to throw the ball as well as running, to then have your starting quarterback, who is the best, one of the best passers in the ACC, uh, go down. I mean, that's that's tough. That's tough. So, yeah. But the thing is, Malik Cunningham is, again, the best version of Malik is really good. The, the worst version of Malik is really bad. His he's, his ability to pass the ball is much maligned, and at times, rightfully so. This game was a game. He just looked off kilter. He just looked like he had a hard time getting it there. But his ability to run the ball, I mean, he, he, was, he was toting that thing so tough, you would think Lamar Jackson was back there again. And at the end of the day, Louisville's ability to run the ball and physically impose themselves – because Boston College couldn't get anything going on offense and they just kept putting their defense back out there, kept putting their defense back out there. That's what you get, what you get. You get what you get. And that's what I mean by a team winning the game, not the other team losing it. 
Mm-hmm. Last team we want to talk about today, Syracuse finally getting that win for them. Virginia Tech, I don't want to say pissing down their leg, but pretty close. 41-36 to for five touchdowns on the day, three from Garrett Schrader as he did it with his arms and legs, and then two throwing to one really good one to Damian Alford. Let me just say, I am happy for uh, – Coach Dino Babers finally getting that win. But more importantly, it was very eerie of kind of like that Miami team in the state game. It's like you have a Virginia Tech team that's you know had confidence. They've had good wins to start the season. You have a Syracuse team that's desperately looking for one. And it was a trap game to me for the Hokies. I think they weren't able to deliver because I think, like you were talking about, Wounded Animal is desperate for that victory. And Syracuse was certainly that. If you don't want to say it, I will. The leg is wet in Blacksburg. They pissed clean down the thing. And again, I say very simply, Virginia Tech, Braxton is not your quarterback. Mm -hmm. He's not the answer. And that's okay. It is nothing wrong with that. It is nothing wrong with saying, you know what? Braxton Birdmaster is a guy that we like a lot, but he's just not it. Syracuse has been a team that has struggled to execute down the stretch all year, all year. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. We've talked on this show about how we don't want to admit it, but Dino's coaching down the stretch has been horrible. Okay, well, what what do what happens when um, they play Virginia Tech? They're put in a situation where, at the end of the day, Virginia Tech is going to make them look good. Braxton Burmeister completed 50% of his passes. And you know, watching 50%. a game and having someone say when they were get, showing Tennessee highlights, Hendon Hooker, they're sitting there saying, I don't know how Virginia Tech let this one get away. That's tough to hear. And that's tough to watch because Tennessee was damn sure in that game against Alabama. And mm-hmm. it's not even the same kind of game we're talking about here with Syracuse and Virginia Tech. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, this is something that I know for a fact. This is something that's not speculation or me playing the what if game. But the reality is, had Virginia Tech showed Hendon Hooker his proper respect, that it would be 1A, 1B in the Atlantic right now with those. The Coastal. I'm sorry, the coastal. I don't know why I keep saying Atlantic. It would be one A. You're, you're not over the NC State thing, and that's okay. You're you're still you're still you're still in that. You know, vibe. I don't even want to talk right. about the coastal right now. That's just what's going on. But anyway, it would be one A, one B in the coastal. That Virginia Tech team has everything else, almost everything else. Let me not say everything. They have almost everything else. Their defense, good enough. Their offense, offensive line, very physical. They have mm-hmm. playmakers on the perimeter. Trey Turner is one of the most underrated receivers in the nation, not just the conference, in the nation. Yeah. When he's going, when Trey Turner's rolling good, it gets scary for defenders. Yeah. And, and yet, you got a quarterback that can't give him the ball. So guess what happens to Trey's ability? Because you don't have a quarterback who can pass it to him. It's tough. It's definitely tough. And I think it's one of those things where you just try and, again, make it through the season. You let Pitt have their moment, and we kind of just figure it out. There's still time, and a lot of things can happen. I don't necessarily see these really good teams who are strong contention, the Wake Forests and the Pits of the world, having a complete undoing. But, you know, crazier things have happened here in the ACC. Kenton, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Make sure you tell people where they can find you, follow your work. Sure thing. You can find me at LO underscore Wolfpack on Twitter. You can find me at Locked On Wolfpack wherever you're listening to this podcast. Um, 
And uh, you can find me at TGIF underscore Kenton on Twitter. But again, that is the person, Kenton, not the sports journalist. So you'll get a lot more than just sports journalism. Yeah, Locked on Wolfpack should be a good one today. Can't wait to hear that one. And I think that it's going to be a lot of Lasai. Let's move on. You know, let's just try and have Kumbaya, right? Oh, you don't know me that well. You don't know me that well. Or either I misread your sarcasm there because the name of today's episode is Lack of Institutional Execution. Oh, okay. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. We need some R-E-S-P-C-T. Find out what it means to me. Okay, uh, there it is. <laughs> we, we need some E-X-E-C-U-T-I-O-N. Find out oh. what that means to, to all of the ACC. Find out what it means. Come on. Let's Hear find you, out. Boo. Braxton, let's execute down the field. Malik, let's be consistent. Sims, you're getting better. I like it. A lot of you other quarterbacks, let's continue. Kenny Pickett, keep doing your thing, baby boy. I think you're not a first-rounder, but guess what? You can prove me wrong. You can. Pr- I'm not above admitting I'm wrong when I'm wrong. Sam Howell. Offensive line, are y'all going to execute? What We need some execution in this play. Florida State, are y'all going to execute, find a decent coach one of these days? There's so many things that we need to execute, but I, I ain't going to go there right now. I ain't going to go there. I'm, I'm going to get off the soapbox. I'm going to get off. <laughs> no doubt. Well, we've got a J.J. Jackson from Locked on Blue Devils tomorrow. We are going to talk some football and basketball in the mix as he had a, a ACC preseason player of the year, so you don't want to miss that conversation. But make sure you guys – Follow, subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Until next time.